are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janon, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So, Hey, hey, everybody, what is happening? Uh, I hope everybody's been having a good week so far and a phenomenal day and a blessed day. Um, Right now, as I'm recording this very episode, I just finished a uh, regular day of work. I did some studying. I had some good food, some good dinner. And now I've just sat down to do this awesome episode with y'all for which I'm so, so excited and hyped up. Because honestly, what a time to be alive right now. You know, talk about all the awesome things that are happening in the world of combat sports right now. Um, talking about some of the events that already took place over this past weekend, for example. Talking about that awesome and surprising boxing bout that we witnessed between, well, should I say the former number one pound for pound fighter in the world, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, who fought the young talent, <laughs> Teofimo Lopez, and what the outcome of that fight was. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Goodness. Uh, we're just going to be briefly reminiscing about it in a few uh, moments. But, uh, you know, that by itself was very interesting. I, I, I don't <laughs> know anybody who was actually predicting that fight to go the way it did. So it was truly, truly interesting to watch. So today we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But also talking about some of the events that we have coming up. Goodness, again, this upcoming weekend, uh, the most anticipated MMA fight of the year is finally here, my friends. Of course, I'm talking about the most anticipated bout uh, in the in the lightweight division so far in the UFC. We are going to be seeing, finally seeing the current lightweight champion, the undefeated champion, should I say, the one and only the eagle, Khabib Nurmagomedov, who is going to be defending his lightweight uh, championship belt against the... Actually, well, he is indeed the interim lightweight champion, although he himself kind of doesn't really believe it and only uh, believes that one is to be the champion if they truly do have the legitimate championship belt for themselves. So he doesn't really believe in the interim title, but I guess... um, um, technically, the interim t- uh, the interim lightweight champion, Justin Gaethje, he is the one who's going to be challenging Khabib for his legitimate lightweight championship belt in the UFC this upcoming Saturday. So I don't know, as MMA fans, what else could you potentially ask for? Uh, things are just going so, so well with regard to um, current matchups and some of the matchups that are still in the talk, but they're still uh, sounding pretty optimistic. So like I said uh, earlier, what a time to be alive indeed. So as you already guessed, yes, today our breakdown is purely dedicated to talking about the bout between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. And oh my goodness, I have so much to tell you guys about. 
telling you guys about some of the uh, background, like some of the fighting and just personal background of each of these fighters and why this fight actually makes sense and what its implications could potentially be regardless of who will actually win on fight nights on uh, or should I say fight day on Saturday. Uh, I'm happy that I actually brought that up because I almost forgot myself. You guys already know this fight is supposed to be happening on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And this was actually surprising to me as well, because if you have been catching up with the fights that have already taken place on Fight Island, uh, you would you could have just uh, turned on your TVs and your pay-per-views right around uh, late evening, around like uh, 8 p.m. or at most 10 p.m., like how we usually do with fight nights. But specifically for this fight card, I was surprised to see that their start time was actually 2 p.m. Eastern time, which I think, well, I guess they do want to sell their pay-per-views, right? But um, also, I just feel like they don't want their fighters to be super exhausted. So they want um, uh, most, uh, at least the fighters who fight on the main card. Well, actually, I think if we do the time conversion, it all just figures out pretty well. Uh, because uh, if you do the time conversion, when we do get to watch it, at around 2 2 p.m. Eastern time, I feel like that will still be their like early night, like on the same day. So it's actually not that bad because I'm sure for specifically for Khabib and for Justin Gaethje, for both guys, they've already had that like uh, last fight of the night um, experience. So there's been many instances where they've had to actually fight at midnight or even a little bit past midnight, which... I guess it actually does affect their performance, but I I guess after a while, uh, they just get used to it. So maybe this is actually one of the other reasons why the UFC has decided to have this whole um, UFC 254 fight card started a little bit earlier um, uh, for for all of us living in the Eastern time zone. But for them uh, who are actually uh, in reality fighting in uh, the Middle East, I guess the timing is still kind of the same because they're regardless, they're still fighting, fighting, excuse me, at night. So there you go. So please, please do mark it down in your calendars at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, UFC 254. And that's the start time for your main card. Okay, so I'm so, so excited to get started on this breakdown. And uh, before we get started on that, um, Actually, well, no, I I guess that is the main thing that I do want to talk about. But like I said, I do want to also just get into just briefly talk about that Lomachenko and Lopez fight because I thought it was pretty interesting regardless of the outcome. But uh, other than that, y'all, that is pretty much what we have lined up for today. And now without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so. Like I said, before we jump into our breakdown uh, for this episode, I just want to briefly just kind of review everything that happened on fight night this past Saturday between uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez. So like I said earlier, or rather in our previous episode, um, Vasily Lomachenko... He is, he is actually, uh, or should I say was, okay, it actually does break my heart when I say he was the number one pound-for-pound pound champion and uh, boxer in the world. 
But that was the person that he was. He was just so, so dominant, not just in one weight division, but actually across multiple weight divisions, he was able to essentially mull over everybody and to uh, obtain various world championship belts for himself. And not only that, if that wasn't impressive to you enough, he has had such a bright amateur career as well. Like I mentioned earlier, um, he actually used to box for Team Ukraine uh, in in the Olympics. And as a result of that, he's been able to get many gold medals for his um, team and, of course, for himself. So overall, uh, he, he is a very, very skilled and talented boxer. But on the other hand, he was going to be fighting a very young talent, a guy who um, I don't know if I kind of like uh, alluded into this on our previous episodes when I was talking about this bout, like kind of like breaking it down on our previous episode. I'm not sure if I already talked about this, but Teofimo Lopez, listen, when you're that young, when you're only 23 years old and you already have that many professional fights on your record. And when you are already the IBF lightweight champion of the world at the age of 23, just do the math for yourself because, you know, when you do start fighting or uh, I guess in this case, boxing professionally, you don't just jump right into it. Of course, you have to have a extensive um, amateur career prior to getting started in your professional career and you need to be successful in it before you're essentially kind of like recommended by your teammates and by your coaches to actually make that transition into professional boxing. So like I said, Teofimo Lopez, he already had all those professional um, uh, wins uh, on his professional career and he already was a uh, belt holder at the IBF uh, organization in the division of the lightweight division weight division and he's just that young and he's already accomplished that much so that by itself should tell you that he is no one to ever underestimate correct and you know I keep telling guys this and I know a lot of um people who a lot of people out there who might be listening to this and might be just kind of like talk to me virtually be like Janon like what how could you say this like you've never really fought professionally or like like how do you know all this right and I say this because I feel like this was actually one of the main reasons why we have the outcome that we had on Saturday night this past Saturday because Lomachenko I feel like he just came in overconfident in himself he was just so sure that he was going to come in and completely dominate over Teofimo Lopez that initially in the in the beginning rounds from round one to oh goodness up until round seven Lomachenko was taking it easy on himself well, in the first few rounds, I would say from rounds one to about round three or four, that 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 absolutely was a strategy. He just wanted to like get a feel of how Teofimo Lopez was going to be in the rank. But I feel like that was exactly the that was his biggest mistake ever, because when he did that, when he kind of like let go and he he wasn't being as alert as he usually is in the ring, then of course Teofimo Lopez comes out and takes advantage uh, takes advantage of that situation. And uh, he says to himself, well, 
if this is how this guy is going to fight for the whole fight, then of course I'm going to bombard him with shots. Of course I'm going to be the aggressor in this fight. Of course I'm going to be I'm going to be employing a offensive strategy and just completely overwhelm this guy with all the shots that I have. And that's exactly what Teofimo Lopez did. Um and uh it worked because uh Lomachenko he wasn't really expecting that he just thought okay I'm just gonna take my time a little bit in the first few rounds just get a sense of how this guy actually fights and then maybe from rounds three or four I'm I'll just like pick up the pace and whatnot but that was his biggest mistake because when he kind of like let go when he was uh kind of like uh coasting in the fight that would it just didn't help at all and not only was he getting hit by so many shots those shots were actually being effective at slowing him down. And uh, even though it might have been his strategy to pick up the pace and be more dynamic it, later on towards like the middle rounds of the fight, it just it, it just couldn't happen because he was already um, so tired and he had already sustained so much damage from Teofimo Lopez's shots. So it just didn't work out for him, unfortunately. Uh, although I do have to give credit to Lomachenko for picking it up a little bit towards the end of the fight in the three or four last rounds of the fight, he he the the excuse me not Tiafimo Lopez the Lomachenko that you saw in the last three or four rounds of that fight was the Lomachenko that we were used to seeing in previous fights. But yeah, it kind of like breaks my heart just talking about it, just like being reminded of that whole uh, everything that went down on Saturday night this past Saturday night, because I just feel like Lomachenko could have easily done what he did in those last few rounds, just starting from the beginning of the fight. If he had done that, it would have been a much more competitive fight. And um, not to say that I don't appreciate what uh, Teofimo Lopez did in that fight, I absolutely respect him to to the max. I, I have so much respect for Teofimo Lopez and for the fact that he, he accomplished the impossible, essentially, by beating the number one pound-for-pound pound, uh, fighter in the world of boxing right now. So not to say that I don't have respect for Teofimo Lopez. I'm just saying uh, it would have been a more competitive fight given that Lomachenko didn't have the strategy that he actually had on fight night and if he actually had a good pace from the very beginning that would have made things so much more interesting and so much more um fair i should say for lomachenko himself because i feel like lomachenko when the decision was actually announced at the end of the fight he himself was just so disappointed in himself and uh, you know it's just one of those uh instances that you just say to yourself only if I had done that one thing, if I had only taken my chances and if I had only done the thing that I actually didn't do, you know, but what good does it make to regret, regret all those things that have already uh, occurred and you couldn't really do anything about it, right? So it's okay. I feel like Lomachico can still bounce back from that loss that he had this past Saturday, although he was on a good uh, roller coaster. He was doing so well until that fight actually happened, but it's okay because I feel like he still has a shot of redeeming himself in upcoming fights, which I'm sure, depending on what opponent he gets in the future, he he 
there's a really high chance that he will be redeeming himself in uh, upcoming fights. But man, oh man, oh man, shout out to Teofimo Lopez for actually seeing those openings and for actually stepping up and doing the things that, you know, sometimes you see things and you're like, well, you know, the um, opportunities that I have in front of me right now, they're just too good to be true. And you're kind of like hesitant to actually act upon them to do the thing that you think you should do to make things right. But in this case, even though Lomachenko kind of like slacking off in the beginning of the fight seemed a little bit weird and seemed a little bit too good to be true with regards to all the openings and opportunities that it um, uh, opens essentially for Teofimo Lopez. Teofimo Lopez just said to himself, well, I don't really care if this looks too good to be true. I'm still going to take my chances. This is my one shot at becoming the four belted champion at this current weight of lightweight division. And he actually did that. He acted upon um, his, um, I don't want to say like gut sense because it's just something that you see and like it actually uh, goes back to your um, fighting IQ. Like you just have to pick up those cues essentially in the fight. And he actually acted upon it and it worked. And now look at him. He's only 23 and he's the undisputed lightweight champion in boxing. So shout out to him. All the best to him. And of course, all the best to Lomachenko as well. But uh, it was a very, very interesting fight to watch. And, you know, these type of fights, they teach you a lot of stuff. Whether or not you are a fighter, whether or not you are an athlete, it just teaches you a lot of stuff. You know, all the things that I just said, don't underestimate your opponent. Don't underestimate your challenges. Uh, Always come in prepared and be wise and take advantage of your opportunities. That's the uh, uh, lesson of the day, I guess, Uh, whether or not you are an athlete. And uh, you kind of want to like have something to take away from from that whole um, experience. Anyway, so. That happened, and Tiafimo Lopez is now the champion. Lomachenko lost his belt, but oh well, such is life, and uh, the world of boxing shall move on, and I'll definitely update you guys with with regards to some of the... If they are um, actually scheduled to fight future opponents in the future, I'll definitely let you guys know. Anyway, so... There goes your boxing um, kind of breakdown slash reminiscing of the week. So now I'm so happy that we still have enough time to give you give you guys a brief and kind of juicy breakdown of this main event that we're going to be having on Saturday night for UFC 254. Like I said, it is going to be headlined by this awesome lightweight championship bout between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. So before I get started uh, on just talking about what each guy needs to do in the octagon on fight day, I guess, I just want to give you all a little bit of just personal background on uh, with what uh, experiences and uh, mindsets uh, is each guy actually coming into the octagon with. So first of all, I, I want to go way, way back, like at least six months back when uh, the pandemic initially started. So this is actually important when we want to kind of like review the history of the lightweight division in the UFC. So 
if you have been following up with some of the fights that have been uh, scheduled in the lightweight division in the UFC, well, of course, we know that Khabib, you know, he is undefeated. He is 28-0, and 0, and uh, ever, since, ever since, excuse me, he became the champion, he has remained the champion. And um, yeah, as a matter of fact, he was scheduled to fight another top contender, a person that we all love and we all just want to watch fighting, uh, Tony Ferguson. So Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov were scheduled to fight at least, I, I would say, like five times um, for the pa- during the past years. And right at the time of the pandemic, the two were once again scheduled to fight again. But the thing, uh, a little thing called the COVID-19 pandemic happened and uh, everything was just messed up. And Khabib, uh, given that he doesn't have a U.S. citizenship and the fact that his home country of Russia uh, essentially banned all travels uh, from uh, Russia to anywhere else in the world, Khabib was bound to stay in Russia and he couldn't really uh, fly out of the country to fight Tony Ferguson in uh, Fight Island. So things weren't looking that good. And what happened after was that actually on short notice, we had another top contender, a guy who had been so famous for his violent and just brawler uh, style of fighting. Uh, Of course, the one and only Justin Gaethje, the UFC kind of like called upon him and he took that opportunity Right away, so he actually jumped in on short notice to fight off against Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight championship of the world. Um, so the two fought, and people are, people were kind of still being doubtful of Justin Gaethje because, you know, uh, everybody thought that he wasn't going to perform well because the fight actually did happen on short notice and he wasn't fully prepared and that he himself, Justin Gaethje, he had had his own ups and downs in the UFC because he, when he did make his UFC debut, having moved over from another uh, fighting organization, the World Series of Fighting, well, although he was a champion in that organization, but when he made his debut in the UFC, uh, he had a, he had one win and then he had a couple of losses and then he had another win and people were like, well, we, we just love this Justin Gaethje hype train, but is the hype really worth it? So that was a question that a lot of people were asking themselves. And, you know, through this bout that he had with Tony Ferguson, people were just on the edge of their seats just trying to actually see if, uh, if the Justin Gaethje hype train is a legit just just hype like is it all um is it all a fluke like him winning is it all flukes or does he truly deserve to be called one of the top contenders in the division and what the outcome was on fight night against tony ferguson proved everybody wrong and proved to everybody that no justin gaethje he's just as legit as any other contender in the lightweight division and that people need to start putting more respect on his name because now he was indeed uh crowned as the interim uh lightweight champion in the lightweight division and The thing was something that really, really caught everybody's attention and kind of like gave everybody goosebumps was the fact that even though the the interim belt was wrapped uh, wrapped around his waist on fight night, he kind of like took it off 
and threw it on the on the canvas in the in the middle of the octagon and he said that that is not the real belt i want the real belt i want to fight against the best man in this division i want to fight off against khabib Nurmagomedov. so that's what he said and the mma gods uh, including mr dana white the president of the ufc actually took a lesson and scheduled these two guys to fight against one another this upcoming Saturday. So that's how everything uh, comes together. And another thing that also happened, another unfortunate thing that also happened in the meanwhile was that uh, we had Khabib's father, Mr. Abdulmanab Nurmagomedov, passing away due to complications from COVID-19. And uh, Abdulmanab Nurmagomedov was a very well-known figure in the world of wrestling. As well, uh, he was a very dedicated coach, a kind-hearted father, and he was always, he tried his best to always be in Khabib's corners uh, during his fights. But unfortunately, this was the first time that Abdulmanab will not be watching Khabib fight, I guess in person, maybe in spirit he will. I'm sure in spirit he will, actually. But um, physically, he will not be present in his corner. And uh, Khabib hasn't been has not been super vocal about his loss, the loss of his father. But we can all imagine how tough it must have been for him to just not only lose his father, but also his mentor and his coach. So, yeah, like I said, even though he hasn't been super talkative about it, but we're, we're all certain that it must have had a huge impact on him. But regardless, he actually decided to take this fight against Justin Gaethje. And he said that he was so, so ready to actually make it happen, to actually make his comeback in, in, into the world of mixed martial arts, even though he's been absent for about, I would say about a year at least. But uh, he, does, he has decided to move on and he's decided that... Um, this is this is all for the best and that hopefully if he does win this fight that it is going going to be all in the memory memory of his father and uh that he will essentially be watching over him so these are all the things that each person each fighter is actually bringing into the octagon with themselves on saturday so for justin gaethje just a lot of doubt behind him and a lot of people still thinking of him as a big underdog a lot of people not believing in the fact that he is a good fighter and that he only goes out there doesn't really watch out for what comes towards him and he just wants to go out there and brawl doesn't really care about fight strategy and uh other uh other important things so that's what Justin Gaethje brings into the octagon. And for Khabib, like I said, just a lot of pain and sorrow resulting from the loss of his father, Abdulmanov Nurmagomedov. So just emotionally and, um, you know, having just having all those things in mind, just imagine that you're one of these guys and you step into the octagon on fight night and you want to face off against your opponent. Obviously, a lot of uh, emotional... Uh, I don't want to say burden, but a lot of emotionality and a lot of not necessarily, you know, motivation for you just wanting to maintain your legacy, but also you fighting for other reasons. So I, to me, that that makes things so much more interesting. Uh, and uh, not just myself, but I'm sure a lot of other fans are also invested in this fight and just like a whole, on a whole nother level 
because of all the things that I just said. But regardless, we're just so, so excited for this fight. So just to briefly talk about what each guy should do. So we all know that Khabib is a wrestling monster, is a wrestling god, essentially, in the whole sport of MMA. So it would be no surprise to see him come in with a wrestling game plan for him to want to take down Justin Gaethje and to essentially ground and pound him until he either taps out or until the referee jumps in to step the fight. And for Justin Gaethje, we all know how strong of a striker he actually is. So he needs to take take advantage of that. He, he should not let Khabib close the range with him so that he could uh, actually go for takedowns against him. He needs to stay on the outside and strike with Khabib from the outside. And previously, from previous fights that Khabib has had, not saying that he's not a good striker and that he hasn't had good um, striker opponents in the past, which he has had, actually. I'm just saying if he is presented with a person whose main forte is indeed in striking, that he could eventually get into trouble with that person. And I feel like he hasn't really fought anybody at the level of um, Justin Gaethje, whose striking is just so, so powerful, and a person whose every single strike is so impactful that you either just receive so much damage, sustain so much damage from his shots, but if not, you will, you will ultimately be knocked down, if not knocked out completely. But oh well, I guess I cannot really give you guys a prediction. We just have to wait and see what will actually happen on fight day at 2 p.m. Eastern time, um, uh, which is the start time of the main card of UFC 254. So with that, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And you can also go to Spotify and iTunes to catch up with previous episodes as well. And until next time, watch you up to 254. And this is TKO. Peace out. Just hit-